0: From Steel Valley Media, this is the Frosty Podcast. Hello listeners and welcome to the first installment of the Frosty Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Frost. This is a new show devoted to our fantasy football league. We've been talking about it for years. We're finally doing it. We'll feature coaches from around the league with in-depth analysis, predictions, and game breakdowns. But first things first, let's talk about the league. We are in our fourth year, a standard PPR format. We have 10 teams and an auction-style draft. Two divisions total. We are a keeper league, so a team can keep up to three players and each carry a $5 tax in addition to their draft value from the year before. So... If a player was drafted last year for $35, he will cost you a total of 40 to keep him. Makes sense, 35 plus five. If the same player was kept from a year before, then the tax compounds. So a player drafted for $35 in 2017 would have been kept for 40 in 2018 last year, and it'll cost you an additional 5 to make it $45 to keep him this year. The idea, of course, being that you can't keep a player year-to-year-to-year to year to year in his prime and not pay more. Now, as for the end of the season, the fun stuff. We do have a monetary prize for our champion a runner-up, and a dreaded penalty for the last place team. Now, the penalty was implemented a couple years ago when one of our coaches who will not be named, but you'll see him next time on the podcast, took what many say was a dive. So in, in response to that, we developed a new penalty. However, both coaches who finished last in what we call the toilet bowl opted to leave the league rather than face the consequences. The penalty is taking the ACT. Now, other leagues have also adopted this penalty, the idea being that the losing coach gives up half of a Saturday to sit amongst a bunch of high school kids and take a standardized test over material they haven't seen in 10 plus years. Then of course, post their scores to the group page so we can laugh at them and all call them dumb, remembering the scores we got in high school after we had just learned all this information that we haven't used since. However, there's an additional caveat. The night before the league gets together for a night on the town and to get the test taker hammered, right? So picture this. You're the losing coach. You're terribly hungover on a Saturday morning after a great night out with your friends. You have to stumble into your old high school. Now, most likely you're going to see a couple people, you know. Teachers you used to have, guidance counselors, and they're going to recognize you're you're not supposed to be there. There's a chance that they smell the alcohol on your breath and you get kicked out, which might even be better than having to take the test. However, if you do make it into the room, you sit there feeling like you're going to throw up and feeling like a complete dummy all while reflecting on how terrible your fantasy football choices were and landed you in this situation. Sounds like a great time for all but one, right? However, neither coach has taken the test. Which brings us to the question, is the penalty too severe? Because if you have a penalty that coaches would rather leave the league than to suffer... Do we need to take an inside look at what we're doing here? So this is a question we will explore over the next few weeks leading up to the draft. uh, As we talk to the various coaches throughout the league on what their take is of this penalty. And certainly if we have a new penalty in the meantime, I'll be reporting it right here. But enough about the losers. I'll tell you this. America loves dynasties. If you think we don't, think of this. How do you feel about the Golden State Warriors, the New York Yankees, or the New England Patriots? Feeling a strong emotion? Maybe you love them, maybe you hate them, but there's no in-between. Unless you're a fan of the team, they're the bane of your fandom. Now let me ask you this. How do you feel about the Tennessee Titans? Unless you're a Titans fan, you're probably like, nah, I don't care. We love dynasties. We need dynasties. We love to hate them, but would give anything for our team to be a dynasty. You think the Browns fans don't want to see five titles over the next 10 years? Yeah, think again. Last season took another step towards cementing the legacy of the next great sports dynasty. Commissioner and coach Steve Groover went a perfect 13 0 to win his second consecutive championship naturally all eyes are going to be on him this season as he defends his title now switching gears we do have two new coaches joining the league coach charlie thurber will be taking over coach Allback's team who finished in last place in both the regular season and in the toilet bowl and boy was that team rough and coach vince provenzali who will take over my old team who was in the playoff hunt for most of the season We had some injury issues, some suspensions, I'm not going to go into it, but the team tailed off towards the end, missed the playoffs, um, but wasn't in the last of the toilet bowl. So both coaches certainly have their work cut out for them, but I would say Coach Thurber definitely got the short end of that stick. Looking at his roster, I don't even know who would be worth keeping. I mean, only three players are in the top 10 of their positions. And assuming that Coach Thurber isn't going to pull a Tyler Kerr and keep kicker Steven Goskowski, you're left with Mike Evans, the ninth best receiver, who was drafted for $40 last year, which makes him a $45 keeper. Or Stefan Diggs, who's a 10th best receiver, drafted for $27 last year, which is a little bit more his value, but would cost you 32 this year. And according to ESPN, that's a right about at market value. Meaning that in the draft, you may pay less than thirty-two. Now Mike Evans is the top target for Tampa, but Jameis is streaky. So Mike Evans is worth maybe thirty, certainly not forty-five. I can't imagine Coach Thurber keeps him. Now Stephon Diggs is an interesting option and not a bad player, but who's going to be throwing in the ball? Right, Marcus Mariota who struggled or Ryan Tannehill, who's mediocre at best. I mean, either way, I can't imagine Diggs lighting up the scoreboard with a quarterback battle that may last well into the season. I mean, my advice to Coach Thurber, start over. That's what, that's what Coach did last year, right? No keepers, just start over, fresh start. You start building towards the future. Now, in a three-keeper league, you are looking to the future, right? Because a large portion of your roster can be kept. Now, with the penalty, you just need to make sure that you build enough to stay out of last place. So use your whole $200 budget, get out there, outbid the competition, and start to build around some star power. Now, this was just a sampling of what this podcast is gonna be about. For those of you who have podcasted before, you make a pilot episode and it takes a little while to get out there on the platforms. So I just wanna put this first episode out there uh, going forward, we're going to bring in some coaches who are going to be talking about their draft strategy, maybe reflecting a little bit on last year. Um, and next time, right here on, on the Frosty Podcast, Commissioner and Coach Steve Groover will be joining us to talk about his strategy going into the, into the draft, what he thinks are the keys to a three-peat, and we will be discussing that last-place penalty. Does it need to be changed? So thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. And until then, I'm your host, Derek Frost.